0: You're the apprentice hunter fighting to protect the town of Motavia. It's your chance to show off your skills and be the hero you've trained to be. But you soon learn that getting rid of a few irritating monsters isn't all you're destined
1: to do. The dark force keeps evolving, so stay on your toes. episode two of play retro i'm scott johnson your host who will probably say final fantasy instead of the fantasy star a bunch of times during this episode
0: Mm, and I am your other host, Brian Dunaway. Oh, hi. And I will definitely mispronounce 90% of the Japanese names we mentioned on today's show. Hey, sometimes I get lucky.
1: Yeah, you, uh, you're down to get lucky. Wait, you're up all night to yeah. get lucky, Brian. I'm up all night. Uh, he probably no, there, is up all night. almost retro. Look we, at that. We have a third host today. Our third host is Brian's, uh, 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 his his unwanted passenger. He has COVID. Oh, and so he's got these little <laughs> COVID balls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hanging out with us today. They probably won't contribute <laughs> anything to the uh, discussion, but uh I know yeah. I say I say this knowing that everyone uh, at home would agree with me. We all hope that you are uh, quickly uh, feeling better and that you'll be over this soon.
0: It's it's good. It's good because I got sick immediately almost immediately after the show last week uh and so I must have got it from one of you guys. And so <laughs> in, and then so I've had just about the maximum amount of time that would be possible for me to get better. So I'm getting there. I still have a little bit of uh covid brain. It, I'm like a I'm like a matovian uh who's had too much uh, monomate.
1: Oh is, my uh, lord. It's
0: just that kind of way.
1: Wow, if this doesn't I, sound yeah. a little like we're, we're hinting at what today's discussion is, uh you you might oh. be right. Uh, Okay, we'll get to uh, this week's game shortly. I want to quickly do two things. I want to thank everybody for your massive acceptance of Play Retro starting last week. Uh, Nothing but great positive feedback. In fact, maybe a little too many people going... Oh, I didn't know about this, but then I listened and I really liked it, and I'm like, oh, geez, don't have such, don't be so skeptical up front. Just assume it's going to be good. But anyway, I'm glad that you were surprised and you liked it, and you're going to stick around. And uh, big thanks to everybody who's already supported us on Patreon. For example, if you're a patron right now and today, you can go watch Brian unbox the Atari fight, uh, fart stick, fight stick. Yeah, the the fart stick is, yeah.
0: is similar to that. Yeah, but it's a fight
1: stick instead. Yeah, it's a fight stick instead of fart, and uh, you can watch him unbox that, which is cool. It's a very uh, yeah, retro I, thing.
0: I unboxed it, and I also had a chance to play it just a little bit. It's still is sitting right behind me as we as we speak. It, it probably knows we're talking about it. Yes, yeah, uh, and I got a chance to uh, uh, play a little bit of joust, which we talked about on our first oh, episode. How did it and play? I will, t- I will tell you this right now. Oh. Now I played joust for last week when we were talking about it, but I did it with the Xbox controller through Retro Arch. And it was trash. I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I, I. thought I sucked. I thought I sucked. Yeah. I don't suck. You don't. I suck. just didn't have a good arcade stick because I plugged this thing in, and I was I was flying, flapping backwards and mm-hmm. zipping up and down and between other you know jousters and just taking everybody out, taking the high ground, and, and I was like, oh man, I didn't suck. My yeah. equipment
1: sucked. Yeah, your equipment sucked. sucked. So uh, gotta have yeah. good equipment, you know. Yeah, you don't have that. this do you modern
0: this modern controller doesn't do the things that the old controller
1: needed. No. Well, here's what it doesn't do. I guess the D pad kind of does, but you need that stick in the middle. And then when you go left or right, in the case of joust, it is only left or right, uh, right. or up left. and down on other games. You want that to be on and off. Ones and zeros, wham wham, no in between, no analog space between position A and position B. You want to just go chunk chunk to chunk chunk chunk. That's how those things were meant to be, <laughs> and that's how Brian plays his games. Damn it, that's,
0: and that's how I played it. And like I, I complained last week, I said I can't stay at the top of the screen without hitting the top and then falling down. Yeah. With the with the with the fight stick, I had no trouble. Now this fight stick is not is uh, the micro center uh, fight stick, a Satari micro center. And it has a trackball in the center so I can play some centipede later on. Mm. And it is a lot more modular than I thought it would be because everything, the way is in there, you can just replace it with so many other parts. They're all available online. And I was like, oh, great. I mm. thought it was just plug and play, but and it is, and it's plug and play, but it also is very configurable. Mm. And that scares me because, you know, I'm a fiddler. You I'm are a fiddler. On the roof. Yep. If there's yeah. a roof,
1: you'll be fiddling on it. I get it. I'll be fiddling it. Um, I played that Joust MMO thing that we found like three or four times yes. last week. I loved it. It's, it's I played it again uh, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact,
0: and I must say,
1: yeah. I dominated. I did I too. Dominated. I wrecked but, fools. I played the core yeah. guys on Thursday, and I destroyed them.
0: Oh, did you really? Oh,
1: yeah. They had no chance. And this is like the only time I can say that. Uh, John and Bob te- technically dominate me in any competitive game. That's just how it is. Right. But not Joust, where we're all flying around. <laughs> F off, mother effers. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll get right into all of that. Um, also, uh, I have a new. So let's. This is a little bit reminiscent of last week, but we talked a bunch about uh, VR and doing retro within a VR environment, and we talked about EMU VR. Is it just is that how they say it or is it EMU VR? How do they say it?
0: I, I say EMU VR, but okay. you could you could just say
1: EMU
0: VR, but that's too many syllables for me. Not okay. not for me.
1: No. All right. Well, then I'm just going to say mm-hmm. EM, EM, EM... <laughs> EMUVR is what I'll say, right. uh, and uh, I've got a new headset coming that will let me get in there proper. I'm doing it right now on desktop, and it's it's cool. But I I just want to I want to yeah. do that the way it was designed to be. So so that'll be happening. And then I noticed something. Did you see these uh, this new Pro Line coming from those One Up Arcade people? They announced it at CES. Oh. Uh, so here's the deal: yes. uh, no price, no pictures, except we've been told these will be full size cabinets. So they're going to make. Not the little ones with the standers or any of that. It's going to be like a full-size cabinet. They'll still have two or three games on them. They'll have... The primary one will be what all the art on the side and front and kind of the duplication of the, of the machine's look and feel is going to be based on you know one chief title. Um, the one they announced it with was uh, Killer Instinct. A game I don't care that much for. I don't like. I don't like.
0: You don't like Killer Instinct.
1: I like it. Is it? They're talking my language. Yeah, it's just a it's a thing of its time, and it was kind of cool at the time. But I can't. I don't know if I can deal with Killer Instinct now. But anyway, um, they didn't give a price. The rumor is we're going to be in the six hundred dollar range. And the question for you is, if another one of these cabinets comes out and it's full size, Mm -hmm. so like real arcade authenticity in terms of height, width, and all that, and weight. Um. Is that worth it? It, it uh, Let me me rephrase the question. If that's all you do with it, is it worth it? Or if you put a Raspberry Pi in that that bugger, uh, you know, and within a couple of days you're playing 10,000 MAME.
0: (laughs) Everybody I know who's ever looked at an arcade one-up has always said, well, yeah, I'm going to get it, but then I'm going to immediately, you know, throw the retro Pi in there so I can play all my games because it's really limited – uh, you know, the, what they usually distribute like four, five games on most of those machines. Yeah. Is that right? Usually, th- yeah. um,
1: and- depends on the machine, but I think mine, like my joust one in the other room has joust rampage gauntlet and one other game.
0: And that's a heavy hitter. That's a
1: good one. Yeah. I think it's only four though. I forget what the right. fourth game is. It's pretty good, I but was, it's a little I tiny. I was rumors that
0: I was. I was hearing rumors that the price was going to be closer to 15 so it be in between the 3000 that you could expect at the lower end of getting a real arcade machine mm-hmm. and uh and, and you know the the cheap things that are super short that no one can play because well, they're so small.
1: I, I talked about it a lot last week and I'll <laughs> I'll bring it up in this context again but when my dad right. ran and, and owned arcades um it was not unusual that most of your average cabinets like let's just say a sit down Cocktail model for Pac-Man, $3,500 to $4,000. And that's in 1990, or sorry, 1982, 83 prices. So imagine what they'd be today if you're buying full-size cabinets. But that's one game. It's one main board. It's the CRT. It's the, it's you know, it is what it is. And that's what you paid back in those days. So if you were going to run an arcade and wanted, you know, I don't know, 30 machines in your arcade, you were spending 30 times five grand. Yeah. Which is yeah. a lot of money, um. And so even Times if this thing, even if this thing is like right around fifteen hundred, and you get two, three, four games, it's still an an insane value yeah. if you're going to compare it to those old days.
0: I would, um, I would can, cons- I yeah. could compare it to other prosumer type equipment that you might find in other areas. It is going to be, it's going to be top of the line. You can get without I actually crossing the threshold of okay, I'm really dedicated. I want a real authentic arcade machine in my house and yeah. to me i'm i it's, it's i guess it's really important how much room you have i don't have as much room as i would like i'd have to have my own arcade room and i just yeah. don't know if i can sell that right now maybe you out there listening in listening land uh can tell me how you're handling it because i what i had to boot a kid out of the house or something yeah. where am i gonna put that at i Huge. would lo-
1: i'd love to have it i mean i've got enough room in the studio over there nobody can see this on camera but i have enough room where i could probably put five arcade machines but that's you know, I, really expensive, you know? That's it, not cheap. I don't
0: remember I don't remember arcades being hot, but for some reason, when I think about five arcade machines in a very small room, I'm like, God, is it hot here? Oh, it'll get hot. Or is it just me? Yeah. It'll get yeah.
1: hot. The old stuff especially. This stuff today, it's so easy TRT's. to emulate that without any... Whew. You don't really need fans now. But back in the right. day, those transformers would generate a lot of heat. My dad, uh, yeah. the arcade we had at the mall they had to do something special with ventilation because it got so hot in there. can't remember what it was. Oh, I can believe it. They put put a big hole in the walls, what they did. Because it used to be like a hot dog on a stick or some shit like that. And then they put, then they oh changed Oh my God, it. that'd be even worse. I know. I can't remember what the deal was. There was something about that. Um, I was in junior high. It was a long time ago, so I don't remember. But but anyway, uh, it's times but, times are a change, changing, Brian. They're a-
0: changing. And so you're, you're probably going to find a lot of time. Scott had a real intimate relationship with the physical hardware uh, growing up with your family, and you're probably going to always be kind of leaning towards that physical experience. And I'm very much an emulator because I'm like, I like space. I like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, just, I don't need it. I don't need the physical part as much. I don't as much experience.
1: as I did either. But most of my world now, these days, if I can get things digitally, I do. Um, I barely right. ever buy a disc for anything. Uh, really it's just whatever hardware it is to run the thing, but there is something deepening, ne- deeply nostalgic about the, yes, the physicality of a big arcade cabinet. That's and that's what's
0: great about yeah. this Atari fight stick that I got is essentially just the, you know, the the control part of uh, of the game for for a arcade cabinet and without the cabinet so I don't yep. have to worry about, you know, 19 inch CRT
1: you know,
0: tube cathode yeah, depth. Yeah, that stuff is crazy.
1: Giving you six kinds of cancers you don't even know the names for. Yeah, it. Uh, over there just humming away. A transformer that retains its power past like its half life stage of a thousand years or whatever. Like those things were beasts. They were beasts. Yeah,
0: they, they 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 do offer. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on that kind of stuff. I love I I love going places. We have a local arcade where I can go in, and I love going in there and hearing the noises and the sounds yep. and you know the smells all the smells oh all the smells
1: there's something to it you're right you're right I don't know what it is it's like some people feel this way about movie theaters I don't have that kind of connection to a movie theater not like I did when I was younger so it doesn't really do it for me to go oh but I gotta see this in a movie Movie I just don't need that anymore but if you're saying to me hey we're gonna go look at an old arcade even if I'm not meant to spend a dime while I'm there it's fine with me I just love it love it Mm. Mm.
0: sexy It is sexy. The sounds, more than anything, are probably the things.
1: Oh, yeah. Sounds like, you know, I mean, look, listen. Here. Uh, We're in the arcade. Uh, You can hear it. This would be circa 1992 right here. What's the proper
0: term for the uh, hey, look at me that arcade machines do? I always call it the hey, look
1: at me, but what's the proper term? Okay, well, so Sinistar would go. maybe? Sinistar would go. Oh, oh, oh are you What would it do? It would. Yeah. <laughs> I am Sinistar. And it would basically I'd try try to get you over there. I to am play Sinistar. It. Yeah. How are you? Come, yeah, how are you? Come talk
0: to me. Um, how, would your Would your <laughs> girlfriend like a flower? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Marble Marble Mad- Madness had a a guitar riff that would go. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then I'm pretty sure Gauntlet it said something to get you to get over there. Don't remember what. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Mortal Kombat just. Uh, it
0: it totally dominated the arcade in my mind with with this get over here's and that kind of stuff. It, oh, nothing yeah. else attracted me quite like Mortal Kombat. They yeah. had my yeah. they had my number.
1: Well, that would have been the era when you know those kinds of sound chip technologies were starting to really come into their own, and they had a you know yeah. actually were good at attracting you to get you over there. But if you can contrast this, this is '92 here, and now contrast that with. 80, let's see, 82, no, 81. Oh, so much slower. Yeah, we we improved our, our reaction times by 1992. Ten years, Didn't though. We? I mean, yeah. this is all Space Invaders. You can hear, like, really old shit in there. <laughs> oh, it brings me back, it? dude. Freaking brings me back. All right, well, now we're going to talk about a thing you never played in an arcade that you only plugged into your TV, but you did it in the 90s. So it's retro. Check it out. Yeah. Shall we play a game? We definitely shall. The game we're talking we about shall. this week is the classic Fantasy Star 4, uh, the 1995 North American release anyway, and the Sega Genesis being the platform. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Fantasy Star, I say it slow because I don't want to say Final Fantasy to screw this up this you're week. You're doing good. They both, by the way, had thirty-year anniversaries recently-ish. They Um, they did.
0: Uh, You know, Fantasy Star Four came out uh, in '93 in Japan, and then due to localization, uh, you know, it it took a while for them to get it released in North America. They almost didn't get it in North America because of localization the cost associated with it. Yeah, it was "Mm, was really expensive,
1: and to the point that um, I don't know if people realize this or remember this. This was unheard of at the time, but this was a Genesis cartridge. One of the twenty-four megabyte yes. cartridges, which meant that's how much storage, you know, that's how much data was on the thing, which at the time seemed like, oh my gosh, twenty-four megabytes, holy shit. like we'd lose our minds. <laughs> but it um it featured a battery backup, which hardly any games did. And yes. uh it cost you ninety-nine dollars in nineteen ninety-five money. Ninety-nine dollars.
0: Yep. That was that and that's why I never played this game. Uh, back when it was on rele- originally released on the Sega Genesis. I there was no way I was pumping out. That was one of those, what is this game? Is this some kind of weird import? I'm not playing this. I don't mm. have ninety nine dollars.
1: Yeah. Go back. It's a lot of money. The closest thing they had to it was Sega's thirty two X version of Virtua Racer, which yes. was also very expensive, not even not even including the thirty two X add on. One of these days we're we gonna do a whole episode on that mm-hmm. weird thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, all of Sega's weird hardware detours, they did some weird stuff post Genesis. Sega is one of
0: my favorite, uh, is going to be one of my favorite companies to talk about because they almost entirely exist at their height during what we consider the retro age, which is like mid 70s to late 90s in, yeah. in
1: our yeah, assessment. Yeah, yeah. Like today, uh, so. today you'll be like, oh, look, Sega published the new Warhammer. Uh, four or sorry warhammer total war three game right. or you know some brand new 2022 title and you're like man sega look at them yeah they're a great publisher now they do all kinds of cool stuff mm-hmm. now there's no question about it but there was a time a stretch where uh they were in a heated freaking yes f- t- blood to the death battle with nintendo for dominance at the home and uh, we're talking about that, that era. That's where we're at today with yeah, this game. Yeah. Co-
0: console Wars. And that's why I found Fantasy Star 4 to be interesting. First, because I've been playing my Genesis recently. And so I, I just kind of like said, ah, you know, I never played it back in the day. Let me take, take a look at it. And I did. And I was blown away because, you know, JRPGs. I've seen a lot of them. And I had never played this series, even though Genesis was my homeland right that was where i that's that's where i mostly played at i had the master system the genesis i pretty much stayed in that area i didn't even had scott you know i didn't even have uh any nintendo consoles that were first like i didn't i didn't go out and get an nes or an SEs or any of those things i didn't you were all sega you were master i was all sega yeah
1: why do you you suppose that was what drew what drew you to that as opposed to the other thing you think it was just luck? (laughs) i think.
0: I don't know if I was just a minute too late because you know Sega. If, if you're, you've seen Console Wars, right? The, oh yeah, the, the it's documentary. Really, really it's good. On Paramount. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus right now. It's also an audiobook. That's how I consumed it the first time. Mm. Um, And you find out that during that era, uh, that that they knew in America that Nintendo already had the young people, the mm. very young, the kids. That yeah. was what Nintendo was doing. Sure. And so they said, let's let's target the teenagers. And so I was right on the cusp of that. So, Hey,
1: Sega. yeah, no, That's I get you. Right. That's what, I, it appealed right. to me too. And I was in, I mean, Genesis had been out. I forget how long, uh, well, whatever it was, I got married in 92 and I was 22, almost 23 when I got married. Right. And, uh, I remember feeling like Sega was talking to my generation as well. It didn't feel like screaming. Yeah, they were screaming at me, and they were making fun of Nintendo, and they were like, "Ah, Nintendo's slow. We're fast," and all this BS about blast processing and all that stuff. Um, but I really feel like that kind of that kind of um, punk rock sort of guerrilla game attitude thing is right. is one of the best representations of it. Is. Uh, Fantasy Star Online, or I did it. I screwed it up. You did it. no, Star it's P
0: H Fantasy. Right, four. Fantasy Star. I'm
1: gonna four. do this all show. I promised at the top, and I meant it. I'm gonna f this up constantly because the name screw me up. The fantasy in there really throws me. But anyway, Fantasy Star One, Two, and Three. These were not on uh, Genesis. Genesis first version Genesis ever got Correct. was four and 4 is all she wrote uh, until the game started diversifying into other areas. There's no 5, 6, or 7 or any of that. There's like no, but,
0: you know, but that's, other games. That's, that's one of the reasons why I also picked Fantasy Star 4 is because it exists almost entirely within our timeline. There are some things that happen uh, later on in some smaller offshoots, but really uh, Final Fantasy 4 was the end of this JRPG that was right there at the beginning with many other JRPGs and the popularity uh, exploding both here in the US and in Japan and all across the world. And it was right there with them running just as fast and doing just as many interesting things as the others. And sometimes people forget about the Fantasy Star uh
1: Or maybe series. even more interesting, because honestly, if you look back at it, uh, a, they were doing a very different. Like everybody did JRPGs from the side. This is a very small combat thing, but you know, it's this like little side thingy. These guys were like, "Hey, what if it was just over their backs?" And we were doing almost a first-person shooter view, sort of. And what mm. if, what if we were more iconic about the abilities? Like instead of just pure menus, what if uh, some cool graphical images came up that showed, you know, this is a spell, this is a sword, this is a thing, and like really brought the player a more visceral sort of. I don't know graphical approach to things. My only thing I don't right. like is, and I know it's something you like, but I don't like it. <laughs> I think it's probably okay. It's good for the game in the long haul, but I hate the right. anime cutscenes. I freaking hate. Oh it.
0: come on! The manga cutscenes are one of the defining factors and one of the things that I love probably the most about this. It's also kind of a disconnect, but I love about uh, Phantasy Star Four, especially. It, you you do you have these cutscenes and you either love them or you hate them usually, mm-hmm. and I love them because it 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 deepens what they it deepens the story it 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 bridges the imagination gap and they're doing that a lot here from the the manual that is included to those manga cutscenes because if you're looking at the actual game itself where I talked about it, it's a twenty four twenty four megabit uh, cartridge already trying to fit all the graphics they have in there yeah. And so you've got these still scenes that take the graphics to another level. So yeah. it bridges that gap a little bit. It, for sure, me, so. it
1: sure tries. I, again, it's, it's, I actually think the game's better for it. And it certainly at the time was a lot more immersive than your average storytelling, yeah. or storytelling methods these games employed most of the time. But um, the other thing that made it kind of metal was the soundtrack. Metal. Check this out, this intro theme here. This sound is amazing. Then it's really cranky here. See, that's cool, right? Very cool. It's very lovely. I love cool. it. Oh, yeah. Now, I found a really cool metal cover of this. I just want mm-hmm. to share a tiny, tiny bit of it. Listen to this. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, dude.
0: Oh, dude, that is so metal.
1: Yeah. It's good, right?
0: See, see why this appeals to me? I mean, it was it was everything Nintendon't, right? It was, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you really bought into the marketing, they, yeah. they really did do, they made this attempt to make their stuff edgy in a way that wasn't all that edgy, but it kind of. Like, Final Fantasy, that's a game where everybody's, uh, at least the early games, were not very science fiction at all. They had some trappings, but for the most part, it's Wizards and Dude with a Sword And magical creature, and you know, and that's fine, but it's a nice little approach or whatever. And I'm not saying this is Nintendo, that's Square, obviously, but they were primarily known for publishing on Nintendo platforms. This game is like, well, we have swords and we have wizardry and we have magic, but we also have robots and tanks and space and ships and aliens and all sorts of wackadoo shit in our strange world and i think that just is the most sega thing you could have done to try to compete with Holy. something like final fantasy you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean because we had al nilson uh do over at sega telling us that blast processing was the way to go by the way that's the same guy who did the uh rebox pump you remember that remember oh, pumping up your
1: shoes yeah pumping up your that's that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes yeah. all the sense in the world hold on a second <laughs> So the guy that fed us a load of garbage that was blast processing that never really existed. Yes. yes. He's the same guy that said, if you pump up your shoes, you're going to have better performance on the basketball court. When really that didn't do shit either. He is brilliant. And also a horrible liar. (laughs) That's an amazing story. I freaking love yeah. that. Oh my gosh,
0: I, I love that guy. I mean, Tom Kalinske. A lot of people probably have heard about with uh, you know uh, console wars and everything he brought uh, it, it, to to Sega. He really did some amazing things for Sega, and it was such a glorious, such a glorious rock show to watch what happened with Sega and them fighting uh, you know uh, management over at Sega Japan. Oh yeah, and just seeing them just you know just go down in flames at the end. But yeah. it was a, such a great ride.
1: That was a, such an amazing ride. And by the way, they went out really strong. That Dreamcast was legit. The problem is, yes, you left a Saturn nice... was not. No, and that's the problem is you left this nice fat window there for Sony to come in with all its money, heft, yeah. and, and momentum, and just knock you out of the race. And if anything you know nintendo just showed how resilient they can be regardless of what happens they they're just yeah. nintendo and they are what they are and they'll always be what they are and there's no there's no taking nintendo down there's only there's only disrupting the market enough for nintendo to go and pivot a little and do something weird that's right. all you can do to nintendo but in sega's case they were trying to outdo them and they did they did, there were moments of glory like moments of you've yeah. done it yeah. you did it you were they were over they, there was a point during the 16-bit era where the genesis straight up by the numbers overtook the snes yeah. for a, yeah. not the longest period but a chunk of it and i remember if you were paying attention to the console wars quote unquote back then it was a big moment i was like whoa yeah it was they did it they took down the biggest there is how do you do that and then they made a series of weird choices and yeah, Got and, and Fantasy trouble.
0: Star was right in the middle of all of that. So, how did this get made? How did they make Fantasy Star Four? Well, uh, previously, Fantasy Star Three, which kind of took a departure from uh, what One and Two did with the series, because most of the development team moved over to uh, developing uh, Sonic.
1: Yeah, they became Sonic the team basically. Yeah,
0: right. So those they were they were heavily involved with that. So they they didn't really mess with Three much, and Three kind of took a departure. But then. Uh, after the success of 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 Sega America and some of the things that were going on that you know that gave that gave Sega a little bit more room to move and as a result uh Sega approached the development team and to bring them a uh, fantasy star four and the team was already you know chomping at the best to do it and so what a great time for this to uh to be made that that it's a, it's a time that your your company wants it, and a time that you have the energy and resources to do it, and to do it the way you want to, and to fix everything you didn't like about one and two and three. Yeah, here's so,
1: a, here's a, here's a great uh, actually you you posted some of this in here an interview in nineteen ninety three. Uh, this was featured in Beep. There was a magazine called Beep.
0: Yes. It was called. It was a magazine called Beep.
1: Wow, we we were ahead of our time with Boop. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, it says how did the PS4, uh, meaning the that sounds wrong now, so you have to say it, Fantasy yeah, yeah. Star 4 development get started. Yoshida said it was some really good timing. Right as we were thinking about doing another Fantasy Star, Sega asked if we would make another. Uh, after that, I went around the office asking people what they'd like to work on, or sorry, if they'd like to work on it. And so development officially got underway. Then Kadama adds, that's also partly why this development was a lot of fun. I think we, the developers, started the project on our own initiative, and many people on the team had worked on uh, PS2 or Fantasy Star 2 and were able to address the shortcomings and unfinished ideas that they had from that game into Fantasy Star 4. And I think that says a lot about why 4 is considered vastly superior to the previous right. 8-bit iterations of that game. Right.
0: And Yoshiban, who you just mentioned, he was the character designer behind all of this. And that's some of my favorite parts of this game. But besides the music, it's the character design. The writing's uh, weird, maybe, because I'm an American, and the localization of the story you know, was uh, retooled for me. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I can't, say, I can't say how great the original story holds up in that context, but it's interesting. I mm-hmm. find it always, uh, exciting. So it's, uh, it, it, I just think they have, I think they had something special here that just kind of, it was lightning in a bottle. And, uh, I, I hate that it couldn't carry on, but then again, the JRPG, uh, uh, landscape is so full of just great, you know role-playing
1: games oh there's an amazing bunch of games the difference i think the big difference here the reason you don't have the exact same kind of staying power with with fantasy star that you did with uh final fantasy and final fantasy now has an mmo and a million offshoots and a million separate games and remakes and uh you know just one after another after another it's it's one of the great venerable series of all time despite its name it was never final nothing was ever final liars liars all liars but uh that This game didn't experience that sort of thing. I think part of that is just when when Sega hit their height and then kind of got weird, well, then the money got weird and then the who's in charge of what got weird and then the, well, what is our IP even worth got weird. And it's not that they didn't do anything. We've had Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2. Um, those are very different kinds of games. I, I would say that those are also very influential and games like mm-hmm. Destiny, Destiny, um, What's the other one with the weird alien dudes? That's a four-player co-op shooter thing, behind-the-back thing. What's that called? Damn it! I never remember that. Oh, name. that's
0: a. Uh, describe one more time, please.
1: Uh, weird, weird-looking alien-headed-looking dudes. They all their whole bodies. They're called Warframe. Warframe. That's what I meant. Oh. <laughs> Warframe is another good example. Uh, I would even argue Diablo and games with loot. Uh, someone in the chat says Borderlands also a very good example these games owe a lot to those early Fantasy Star online games, which yes. the first one I played was on a uh, Dreamcast. That's where I played it. Yeah. That, and I had the modem weird. thing. Well, I had a modem built into it, so I was playing on that weird thing, and that was such a weird time. But, um, but yeah, well, like it's, I, not, it's not that nobody... It's not that you can't look at Fantasy Star and have some respect, because it's easy to, but it didn't have the heft and momentum that Final Fantasy did. And so what I would like to see in the future would be Somebody reviving this in a really meaningful way, like really right. modernize it, go nuts with it. Final Fantasy 7 remake is a good example. Excuse me, of what I'd like to see, and if they straight up took Final Fantasy, did it again. If they straight up took Fantasy Star Four and made a modern, big 3D, beautiful next gen remake out of that, voice it, have it, you know, real time combat, it, whatever you got to do. Holy shit. I'd line I'd up, sign Brian. up for that right now. Yep, I play that game, and then
0: I would claim it was Scott's idea.
1: Yeah, it was my idea. When it, once it got bad reviews, you could say it was my my idea, my right. terrible idea. Um, yeah, it was the broad. I loved the, I, I yeah.
0: loved one thing we might need to approach uh, eventually in one of our episodes is all the weird ways we tried to get connected, uh, through the decades, especially, uh, during the nineties with I don't know if you remember uh, the Sega Channel. Oh yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Sega Channel? Where you? I didn't do. I didn't pay any money
1: to have anything to do with it. But it was basically a cable channel, right?
0: It was. It was somewhat a cable channel. So they were transferring data over cable. So you would essentially stick in a cart. So you didn't have to modify your Genesis or you didn't have to modify your devices. Any. It was a cart, and it basically plugged into the cable, and it was a channel, and that would it would download. It would run and repeat uh, data chunks for games that were being served during a certain time. So it would take a certain amount of time for those data chunks to reach your machine and load up and cycle through. But uh, then you pay a monthly charge. What a weird, arcane way to to handle all that. But we were trying, man, even back during the night. We wanted it to be online so bad we could take
1: it. Well, could I mean, that's it. that's a early example of where we're all at now. It's just that we had to make these baby steps. Sometimes they were really weird and ahead of their time. And I always feel yeah. bad for tech leaders during the time of transition who truly, like, innovate or push something forward in a way that seems nuts but it works somehow. They yeah. don't get the long-term success out of it. Usually what happens is someone yeah. else sees that, iterates yeah. on that, next guy iterates on that, and before you know it, big names like Apple, You don't get rich and inventing stuff, Scott. No, you don't. You get Inventors, rich and mitten You don't. Inventors, There's exactly right. So it kind of bums me out to be reminded of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I'd kind of <laughs> forgotten about it. Um, if, for those who don't know, I'm going to bring up a picture here at home. Uh, people are in the chat. If you're at home, Say you're not going to be able to see this. But it was basically this this weird-looking cable box.
0: Yeah, it's got a little RF um, connector on the back of it, where you and you just you, you plug it in the cart like you normally would. It's got its own little power button and menu button thing.
1: Yeah, yep. you can see. Let's see. I'm trying to find it where it's actually plugged into a oh, – Well, there it is. There, There you can see it with the actual plug part of it. It's basically just a yeah. cartridge with this hardware on it um not that on un- not not that um unlike their game gear tv attachment which yes. plugged into a, a game gear cartridge port what but a, again i, was, I respect the, crazy, that stuff i love that because no, nobody else was trying to do this stuff back then you know like no it's weird it's freaking
0: in weird. trying to in trying to involve that infrastructure of cable and you know but it's such a brilliant idea and i i'm just i i never got to experience it it just wasn't it, we, I don't even think we even had cable. I think we were all satellite at that point in time. So I had seen it and just discounted it and said, nah, can't do that anyway.
1: I mean, we, but, all just, we, we all just sort of blink when we talk about Game Pass or any other modern type right. service now, and we don't even think twice about it. It just works, and there it is Our, and what it is. But these are yeah. all pioneers in that way. You know
0: the infrastructure is in place and it's super. It's, you know it's easier to get onto the to the highway now. Yeah. But it's uh,
1: <laughs> but you could
0: have played you could have played this game. You could have played final. You could have played fantasy. You know, got me doing it. now. I could play fantasy star four. Yeah. Uh, it it definitely was one of the games that 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 filtered through on the channel, uh, which would be way cheaper. What's it like twenty four dollars or something a month? Way cheaper than the ninety nine bucks you would have cheaper. seen if you head down to the store, man.
1: Have you ever bought a game that was a hundred bucks? Um, have
0: I ever bought a game that's 100 bucks? That's a good question. I don't recall purchasing a game now. I could now, uh, but you know,
1: well, you could now, but most of it would be like collector's editions. Or it's, that's yeah. pretty
0: much what I'm thinking. I, I don't think I've ever played, I don't paid $100 for just a core game, just game. Yeah, game. I can't say that it, it has to be collectible. And imagine this, this is 95 money, so it's more than just a hundred dollars. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was no. talking to Zoe recently. She's she's really big into the old Air Jordans, uh, the ones you didn't pump up. Thanks oh, a lot. Thanks. And uh, you know, and it was like, well, how much are they? And it's like, oh, they're somewhere between three and four hundred dollars. And you know, it's like, what? That's insane. These are like reproductions of the original. And I'm like, hey, these were like a hundred and twenty dollars back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you adjust for inflation, that's actually cheaper than it was then. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. it's it's still crazy when you. But it's 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 true
1: yeah the hundred bucks is a lot um I didn't know this, but I was looking at the dates here. The online service the sega's channel uh went from december fourteenth nineteen ninety four so Christmas of that year and it was right. discontinued uh july thirty first nineteen ninety eight so just four years right. later it would be gone That's
0: but how all. could you even play this game without the manual?
1: i know (laughs) i know dude well i mean you know whatever you can suss out a game by playing it enough but um it's a it's it's a it's a weird thing now um back to obviously our core game here right it was also uh we mentioned a little bit it's also very unusual but battery back or battery saves in cartridges this was kind of a new concept and it carried through Even the N sixty four era, we were getting close to never having that again. We were on our way to you know memory cards, and oh, do you remember the memory cards for freaking? Of course, I playstation memory cards. I just so bad now that I think about it. There was no on yeah. you know on device storage, and so these cartridges, whatever they did, they had to do them in the cartridge. And the way yeah. that they solved that problem was putting a little clock battery in there and having that save your 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 progress. Uh right. p- prior to that the way you would do things sort of like this is they would produce an on-screen code and then that code would let you go to the top of whatever level you were just on uh and play that way. You know we forget when we played Super Mario Brothers for the first time. There's no saves. There's not even code. There's no saves. You just Good start luck. from the beginning and play until you're done playing. That's the game. <laughs> and right. you go back and start over if you're on world 8 or whatever, it doesn't matter. There is no save right. points. Like it, totally that's where the world.
0: warping was, right? That's that's kind of where that kind of came in later on. It's like, well, if you unlock the secret of how to save
1: yeah, time. Yeah, it's insane. So for a hundred yeah. so basically you paid a hundred bucks, you got twenty four megabytes mm. of game. Megabytes or megabits. Mega megabytes, I thought, because it's storage, bits. not bits. Bits isn't bits more like like throughput. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm unsure, sure.
0: I just know they just totally listed it everywhere. No, but maybe.
1: I thought it was megabyte. Well, anyway.
0: Well, we're going to get an email now. That's playretroshow at g- gmail.com.
1: Dot com. We'd love to hear from you. So 8 bits is a byte. Is it bits? 24. Yeah. Bit, bits is data transfer. That's correct. So that's throughput. So if you said I have a, a, a in, 100 in context, megabit. We're,
0: we're talking in context, people. We're not talking about the, you know. Actual classifications of each. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think if we, uh, I'll find the cover of this thing. I think the box even says megabytes. <laughs> I'm mega not sure bite now. Me. Mega mega, bite me. Mega Megabyte me. All right. Um, this is <laughs> this is a funny. <laughs> hey, but no, oh yeah. Go
0: ahead. Here's it. Here's a really good here's a really good reminder for all those retro collectors out there. Hey, it's kind of expensive to get into retro gaming, and it's uh, and you you want to and you want to protect your investment. So don't forget, anytime you are a collector and you're dealing with electronics, always consider the battery. Is the battery in it? Do you need to take it out for long for long storage? Mm. What, you know, what's the temperature like? So yeah, this is one of those things that's really important with like uh, Phantasy Star Four with this onboard cart battery. You know, do you need to take it out? Yeah, there do was no,
1: there was no permanent. You know, there's no flash memory back then. That didn't exist. <laughs> uh, not, not in a retail way. So you couldn't do it the way that we do it today. You uh, just for the record here, all of your playtime lately in this game has been on your mini, right? Right. Okay. So that's a thing. Note: We always talk about where you can play these games today, but one of them, and the one Brian's been playing it on, is his Genesis Mini. Uh, and that, of course, has save states built into that device. So you know,
0: well, I I love it. I have two. I have a system save state which is built into the console, and then I have a save inside. This is uh, they didn't have. They had a save in game on Fantasy Star Four, and it saves up to three slots, I believe. So you had to kind of rotate in and out, and you can only save uh, at certain points. Uh, this was this was intentional, so that you wouldn't save uh, and get screwed. Because you could save yourself into a no back down situation.
1: You know what I mean? So your save would just kind of locked in. That would be be bad. That would be very bad. I could see that. System
0: saves easier.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, So that's in there, and that's a great way to play it. We'll talk about more of those as we get there. Uh, Here's something I didn't know. Zio, Mm -hmm. the character Zio, is modeled after uh, musician and frontman Trent Reznor. Is that (laughs) confirmed? Is that real? That's uh,
0: okay. So I was curious about this too. This is a, I've, I've, I've yet to find, I'm going to, by the way, if uh, we, I try to source all this stuff and, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, there's <laughs> been talk. I've never seen anyone who's actually said de facto said, so yes, this was based on Trent Reznor, mm. but I've heard a lot of rumors and a lot of people talk about it. And maybe you can point me to a place that does have it. But <laughs> that picture I sent you, yeah. I think is pretty, pretty
1: proof positive. That's I'm putting true. it up right now, people. So there's Trent Reznor of the of that's the era of Trent Reznor in the '90s, and yeah. there, <laughs> there's the character Zio. I there's mean, Zio. You know, he's a he's a he's a pissed off like young RPG lad, and you know, he's he looks a lot like Trent yeah. Reznor. I guess I don't know. You know who right. looks cool now? Trent Reznor. He looks cool. Man. Oh yeah, he's still holding on, right? Yeah, he looks
0: great. He's a bit too somebody busy. Remember to uh, somebody remember to remove his battery and keep him in nice. Uh, preservation quality no
1: kidding that guy's busy making um you know movie soundtracks these days that's kind of all he does but uh he is a he's a very handsome aging man there he is yes yeah look at this brian i'll put it in our discord you can You can be in awe of Trent Reznor's age.
0: Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at these all. He's still wearing all black everything. Oh,
1: yeah. uh, Yeah. He still wants to F you like an animal. No matter what. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He still definitely wants to F you like an animal.
1: Yeah. That's his deal. That's what he wants. He wants a video. He wants a a video full of hanging meat and his name is Zio. (laughs) That's the guy. Anyway, uh, what else do you want to mention here? There's uh, there's all sorts of stuff. You mentioned that localization. That's always hard. But uh, I think it even, well... I shouldn't say this spoken dialogue is obviously hard, right? Like people have to do right, that. But right. when you talk about an older RPG like this, where there are thousands of lines of dialogue, that's yeah. a lot of work, man.
0: It's a lot of work. And, and this was made by a, a J- all Japanese team, uh, who, you know, had, uh, Japanese sensibility and humor. And there's a lot of humor in this. And that is one of the hardest things to translate. Mm. So, um, they, like I said, it localization on that part, it's like do you even consider it when you're doing the game? Mm. I would because mm. I'm like, oh, well, we got to be able to translate the humor, the mm. vibe. Mm. If you don't, what's the point? Yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it's But then you got uh, old. Um, oh, oh, who was the who was the head guy uh, over at Sega that was such a such a such a kind of a such a oh. stick up the butt? Uh, hold uh, on, with, with the hair, with the hair yeah, that the they hair. always talk about. Yeah,
1: I can't think of his name. Uh, it's wait, been wait, so long. Uh, it's uh, uh,
0: Naka, Nakayama. That's no. who it was, Nakayama. Wayne, is that he's the guy? A, yeah, he's such a—he's got such a stick up his butt, and so <laughs> you got all these, you know, f- fun, good time director uh, Kodama and uh, Nishiyama, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they're all having a good time. And I just can't help but think he probably just, you know, ruined it for everybody.
1: He <laughs> is now uh, eighty-nine Stop years old. Fun. That guy, eighty-nine, doing all right. Right. Yeah,
0: eighty-nine. That's pretty good. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess being a, a, a real tool. Uh, preserves you quite well
1: here's a fun note about him sega began developing on its next console the sega saturn but nakiyama was concerned about the release of the atari jaguar in 93 and that the Boy, saturn said <laughs> the, the saturn might not release in time to compete with it not nah, dude you're watching the wrong you were you're that, paying attention to the wrong got, feed
0: that's Re- the reason why uh, playstation came in with the 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 fastest selling biggest selling Console of all time.
1: Yeah. Wait. Read the room, Nakiyama. Yeah. What He's is wrong with you?
0: Oh but the Atari Jaguar. It looks so good. It's a jaguar. <laughs> no, it's not.
1: <laughs> it looks like a toilet. It's the worst. <laughs> it's such garbage. All right. Yeah. Uh uh another thing i was gonna tell you where is but, it? i lost it oh yeah oh but, but uh,
0: oh, yeah. i was talking about how to play it earlier and i did want to mention that this is available also i always like to give people an option uh $0. 99 cents on scene for one foreign thinking.
1: oh yeah it why is that only you? a buck that's a, a
0: dollar that's crazy yeah, i know right that's like that's uh what what, what, what one tenth the price of the original no it's 100th 100th price of the price. original yeah. That's, yeah that's an insane yeah.
1: deal <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> It's crazy, yeah, it's crazy. But kind uh, of makes can, me want to. Arch- I think I'm, I think I'm going to do it just to do it. Why not? Why wouldn't I buy that? Yeah, why not? Just to say you can.
0: And uh, archive.org has, uh, has a prototype r- release. There was a lot of prototypes of this game, by the way, because it, it had a pretty long uh, development period. Not, not incredibly so, but uh, sure, long enough. Sure. And so there's a lot of prototypes out there, um, and you can play it on art. Some of those on archive. .org uh, the one that was on there the one I saw was for Sega Gamer's Day
1: 94 Oh my lord so, yes okay Gamer's Day Gamer's Day remember when they did that I remember that it was a long yes. time ago Hey it says here that there was a naked woman in this game and then they took it out for us what was what was the deal there
0: Yeah there was some uh there's a couple of the so there's different races and some of the races were a little racier. Than other races and the uh, the Achaia, uh, Achaia, I'm th- I believe that's right uh, Acaia Acha- in or... the shad mirage yeah being nude women oh we're both removed from the English version
1: mm. mm-hmm. okay let me look this up I'm just gonna do a quick verification oh there she is yeah nude yeah she's ne- she's naked she's nude um hold on I'm gonna...
0: now uh, but, you know there's plenty enough to be uh, uh erotic about I mean there's new- <laughs> Newmans in here who are kind of you know, somewhat human and somewhat furry cat-eared <laughs> thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah. you've got
1: somebody's you got interested. Sexy,
0: <laughs> you got sexy androids. You got owl-shaped Motovians. Yeah. I mean, if if that doesn't hit you, maybe you like a magician that kind
1: of maybe hit your you know your interest there. Yeah. Do you like a magician? Hey, yeah. boy. Do I have good news for you? <laughs> uh, let's see. This is kind of interesting, and I always love these stories. So, the director of the game, Rico Kadama is also known mm-hmm. as Phoenix rise Japanese video game, artist director and producer Jeez. employed mm-hmm. by Sega says, uh, she is one. of did I not say she, I thought I did. She, yeah. Oh she. yeah. She is one of the only first or one of the first noted female artists in the industry, joining Sega as a graphic designer in 1984. That yes. is really cool. Yeah, uh, I like and when they start from nothing and end up running your game at
0: the end. That's she's like, cool. I, I posted the, the interview that I sourced some of this information from in the, in the show notes. And it, it's a really fun interview because it's like this. Uh, it's all subtitled, and there's this guy in the UK, and he's totally fanboying. He works in Sega of, of the UK, apparently, yeah. and uh, and he's he's interviewing her, and she's she's. You can just tell, like, oh, ask me one more question, you stupid, you
1: dummy, turd, no, you I'm big just dummy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting like a really good time. Yeah, no, really no, really no, it seems time. it seems good. Uh, sequels and follow ups. We said uh, we saw we talked about a few of these, but um, there was a Windows Port in 2004. Yeah. Uh, I was also included in the Sega Genesis Collection, Sonic Ultimate Genesis Collection, the Sega Genesis Classics, and, of course, the Sega Genesis Mini, which is where you've been playing it lately. Uh, Sega yes. Ages plan, uh, planned a remake for the PlayStation 2 console, having revamped the first two games, Fantasy Star Generation 1 and, and Generation 2. I would really like to have seen that, but that didn't happen. Uh, which kind of bums me out, it is interesting though, because as we, as much as we 've said it 's had impact on other games uh, the grPG market has always kind of been back and forth, like taking ideas from each other that 's pretty common yeah Fantasy yeah. um, Star Four really, I think raised the bar for a lot of reasons one is, and i 'll agree with it, even though I hate how it looks. the mega style cutscenes were a big deal uh, the macro system system in there was actually pretty innovative. Yeah. Most most of these games are a real menu hunt, and uh, they they made that much simpler, and uh, mm-hmm. made for really cool combos. Uh, make those random encounters less tedious. It does use random mm-hmm. encounters. I should mention that if you hate that in RPGs, I got bad news for you—they're in there. Yeah, um, and then they added these crazy vehicle battles. You're in this freaking tank thing, this this mm-hmm. gray tank, and when it ran into a random battle, it's always like these gigantic freaking freaking horrible uh, tentacle monsters that are like tons of hit points and you'd never take them as like people walking around, but you have to do in the tank. Totally unusual for the genre. No one ever really did that. Yeah. 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 that was very, very cool.
0: I, I liked the, the, the macro system though was one of the things that really stood out to me. At first I was like, what is this macro system thing? Mm-hmm. And then when I found out, Oh, there's up to like uh, 15 combos that you can do. So you can take you're, you're a party of four party of four. Mostly you can be a party of five, but usually you're a party of four uh And those characters can if if they attack with their with their techniques they can uh they can perform a super move essentially mm-hmm. they can form into a giant voltron no they <laughs> uh they can do these special moves and really just nail the enemy
1: yeah
0: and uh if it and at first, I was like, eh, whatever. I don't have time for that. But then when you realize that every two feet is a random account, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm hitting that macro button right there. There you go.
1: Well, and there's a hey. – I, I guess my point about hey. them getting something new out, like making a new game, uh, would right. really work well because I think those systems are still kind of unique. Like there's some stuff to do there that other games aren't doing. That macro system right, could right. translate to some really cool modern mechanics, and I don't know why this isn't happening. Sega's got a hell of a publishing arm now, and they certainly can – you know, get work done. So, why is this thing? I mean, maybe it's because it it kind of still is kind of a little known. It's less known. You hear Final right. Fantasy, you go, oh, I know what that is. I heard of Final Fantasy. Even if you don't play games, you know what that is. But if you hear Fantasy Star Online, or excuse me, Fantasy Star Four, or just Fantasy Star in general, people get confused. They don't know. You know? They don't know nothing. Yeah. Right. So, man, maybe our chat too- room
0: is full of uh, useful uh, knowledge about this game as well. I, I love our chat
1: room. They're always so oh, they're great. knowledgeable. And yeah. They're sexy, too. They're really hot.
0: Sexy. Oh, uh,
1: so sexy. Look at that. Yeah, look at the text coming out of those people. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, we talked about all the places you can play it. I would recommend, uh, if you have the mini, that's the place to do it because it's a pretty authentic experience and uh, feels real good. I'm going to fire mine up and play this game because Brian got me going on it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. Fantasy Star 4. Now... You're sitting there thinking to yourselves don't you guys have a game you play called guess my game and i would say oh yes we we do do. destroy it (laughs) all right we're gonna play guess my game we take an old game and try to stump each other as to what it might be Uh, i'm gonna start here brian and play some sound of this thing oh first before i do that the battle theme is also cool from fantasy star listen to this That is some Genesis ass Genesis sound right there. Is what that is. Love it. Holy crap! All right, that's blast um, processing. Pump up your kicks. Yeah, get it in there. All right, here's the uh, here's mine. This is 1980. Okay, arcade. It's all I'm gonna give you. All right, all right. So here you go. Enjoy.
0: I know this. You already know it. No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 it's locked in my brain, but I can't. Oh my god, I can't picture. It. Wait. I've only played this game like a million times. What the crap is
1: it? Arcade. Uh, let's see what else can I tell you. Vector. I'll tell you that. Vector graphics. Okay, picture, picture, picture. Yeah, Vector gra- graphics was the engine or the type of game. <laughs> Any guesses?
0: Well, Vector Graphics 1980 so is going to be one of a handful of games and we've talked about it uh, here. Is that is that Battle Zone? Is that That would be incorrect. Oh.
1: The correct answer is Star Castle. Star, Star Castle. Castle. Star
0: Castle. Yes, Star Castle.
1: Now I have a sneaking suspicion <sighs> I did this one on a previous episode of the Boop show where we did this segment, but I don't and Maybe care. that's why I feel like is is <laughs> I don't care because I, f- I like it and I wanted to play it again. Um, I actually really don't remember if I did or not. But Star Castle was this very cool game. Um, instead of you attacking a thing,
0: oh yes, you had kinda to played
1: this game. Yeah, you kind of had to work your way out of it, and it was multi multiple colors and not just the screen with tape on it which is how a lot of yes. color was achieved back in those days. I don't know if anyone ever played, like, old mm-hmm. Space Invaders. You're like, oh, so. the top row's red, and the middle row's blue, and the bottom one's yellow, and when they shift down, they shift colors. That's because there was literally translucent tape on the monitor, and it was black and white. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> nuts. It is.
0: Wait, anyway, is it? But, you know, we got to do what we got to do, man.
1: Uh, no, that was the time we had to figure stuff out. So, Tondragosa uh, says, chop lift. Jeff, definitely choplifter." The joke continues. It's always... It's always Choplifter. The, the joke that'll never die. It won't die. Now, I'm going to play yours. I'm going to see if I can guess this. Let's see if I can win this week. Here we go. Oh, wait. What's your gear on this? Uh,
0: 1983 is the year. All right, 83. Head on down
1: to the arcade,
0: my friend. Here we go. I'm going.
1: <laughs>
0: Not Choplifter.
1: I know this.
0: Yeah, you do. That's, that's what makes this game so much fun. Oh,
1: uh, like, dang it! I know this game. Oh, oh, oh! This is um. You you slide the root beer down the thing. You, oh, is it root beer? Well, wasn't it? Hold on, root beer. Tapper. Maybe in your root beer tapper
0: root beer. tapper? Root beer tapper? Yeah. Yes, it. No root beer tap. Nope. It was this tapper.
1: Oh, wait, beer what? drinking, beer drinking. Ho- ho- hold on. Let me. I, I thought there was a. Hold on. Root beer. Tapper. <laughs> really? Really? Tapper. OK, root beer. Tapper game. <laughs> I swear this was an arcade game. Oh, OK. So what? that was, well, was technicality. some, no, I got no, it. What it, was. what it was is inside. okay, this is why I remember it. My dad had one of these inside the right. machine. There were dip switches like all of them had for like free play and test modes and, uh, cranking things up. And you know, it was a bunch <laughs> of dip switches in there. And if you knew what to do with them, they were always really fun to mess around in there. Except you, sometimes you get electrocuted. So you have to be careful, but in tapper, you could set the dip switches to be beer tapper for the bar people who buy the game and have it in their bar. Right. Or you could make it root beer in the game. And that version went to like kids if arcades. That you could take and take to church. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, church. <laughs> but like a Chuck E. Cheese would have a have a root beer tapper in it. Whereas the right. bar down the street would have a beer tapper. And it was the same code, just some graphical but, changes to make it root beer instead of beer. That's what it was.
0: Isn't it interesting that, that they had Budweiser like on the wall of tapper? That's <laughs> such a weird. Yeah. It, it had to be the first time we had seen something, you know like a real brand name in something like that because that's something i want to talk about in the future too is uh branded video games like pepsi man and that kind of stuff oh yeah
1: weird that it's weird pepsi 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 man is really weird that is a weird dude that's one of the weirdest things ever made we do have to talk about games like that root
0: beer tapper see i never saw root beer tapper yeah i never had the uh yeah
1: so this is so this is the version of root beer tapper although this may not be the, the the well maybe it is the arcade, the arcade. One. but I see it in both ways right. there's beer tapper root beer tapper and the root beer tapper machine or sorry the beer tapper machine okay the one that had beer in it it right. had a different controller let me share this with you I'll put this in the chat as well or up on screen so they can see it oh but that, basically, that's right it had the controllers
0: like a, like a like a yeah it had the controllers like you were a, a, literally a bartender you yeah. pulled your little uh, yeah, yeah. you pull that down like, and pull that. the
1: beer down and then I guess you'd use it to then hit to the side one direction or the other and that would fly the beer down the table right um yeah and they and the beer root beer tapper version of this had the same controller but it didn't say budweiser on it <laughs> it said budweiser. something else yeah anyway dude tapper was great that's yeah. a great game. i want to know a little
0: bit more about the history of it I, I wouldn't i don't i don't know if we could do a whole episode on it but i would definitely like to know is that you know was it partially funded by budweiser was it what's with collaborative what was I, going on there I how'd you get away that. with that
1: i love these kinds of details so for sure we'll 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 have what we got to do is some kind of like hey when did products start showing up in the games oh, in a Trivia episode yeah, yeah that could be fun so we'll see what happens uh all right well well done everybody that was a lot of fun now this welcome to the treasure room It means it's time for an email. We got uh, emails here on the show in the treasure room, as that guy says from uh, Gauntlet. Welcome to the treasure room. It's such weird voice things back then.
0: You did a great, you did a really good job of uh, sniffing out some good clips.
1: Well, that's what I do. I sniff, I sniff clips yeah. and then I get the stink and then I have to do it. Ooh! Uh, here's an email Yummy. from. Uh, let's see. who's this from Kendall? Who says what is retro anyway? Uh, and then the message is this, Brian. Oh, by the way, play, re- play show, play retro show at gmail.com, play retro show at gmail.com. Brian and Scott, I am very excited about your new show. Retro games are everything to me. And knowing two of my favorite podcasters are taking this on is very exciting for me. Well, that's nice of you, Kendall. Thank you. It oh, was Yeah. To question uh, uh, to my question, I think is what he means of what makes or to the question of what makes a game retro. <laughs> he, he wrote it weird because it says to question of what makes game retro. He
0: wrote it. He wrote it like he was doing localization yeah. for a fantasy star four. It's yeah, perfect. That wasn't me.
1: Anyway, he says, I think anything before 1998. Don't know why. Just sounds right to me. Kendall. All right. Well, there's one way of doing it and that is just picking a year. And I understand that. Um, and I think that's an mm-hmm. okay year to pick. But the other day I was having this conversation with, I think Garrett or somebody, somebody in our circles. And they said, well, I think it's when um, there was kind of any kind of internet connectivity possible. And so the last consoles that had no option for that would have been Sega Saturn, uh, PlayStation One, because the two had an adapter you could buy was add-on, but you could buy a a motor adapter.
0: I don't consider any of them that would just it as a gimmick. I wouldn't consider that. The gimmick to me is like, no, not yet.
1: Yeah, well, it, it was definitely yet. a not yet moment, but then again, I did play some games online with my Dreamcast, and it was just over a phone, and told everyone yeah. to get off the phone because I'm playing freaking <laughs> football, uh, whatever the hell it's called. The phone! <laughs> I was playing Two K, <laughs> NFL Two K, uh, and uh, and it worked, and it was very interesting that it worked at all, but it wasn't right. super practical or simple or anything like it is today. So, so yes, but that that maybe those
0: don't count if they're I, add-ons. I do it. I do it like I do with, I don't know. whenever we have this question about generations. So we always hear, oh, well, what does it really mean to be in Gen X or baby booms or whatever? You know, what what do all those, those generation ma- names really mean? It means to me, uh, it's a very personal experience. Uh, we all experienced in our generation uh, events that occurred at a certain point in our lives, whether we're like having kids, getting jobs that directly influenced us at that time. And we all have that shared experience. That's what makes us a generation. We experienced, let's say, like we experienced the, you know, 9-11 at a certain stage in our life, and we all experienced it together. And we were all scared because we had kids or, you know, that were young or very something, usually something very specific that impacted a, a group of people at a very specific time. Yeah. And so it just gets that's, more that's muddy. Retro. It, it
1: gets more muddy with video games because there's, you know, there's somebody right now listening who's 15 and to him retro is that 360 his uncle had. And right. that doesn't seem very Funny retro more. to me, you know, like that seems very not retro to me. But part of that is because I don't have it in that in that frame of mind like he does. So. Right. So I don't know. Right. It's a shifting thing. And it's not who's, meant who's, to be, you know, static, I right. don't think. I think it's different for everybody. And,
0: and whose word is retro? Because there's also old school and classic and there's these yeah. different terms. Retro is popular with our generation, essentially, in mm. that and coming up. So, you know, will that would that word get replaced eventually? You know, how, maybe, how about maybe this? retro will always be
1: retro age. How about this? How about um they no, that doesn't work. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say when when DVDs hit around nineteen ninety eight. Maybe right. he's right about ninety
0: eight. <laughs> maybe that's ninety eight. Feels like a very good, because it's it's a few years uh, before two thousand one here in the U.S. That was a real major event that happened. It affected all the generations mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in maybe in some of the same ways, but in different ways as well. And yeah. so. We definitely were different people uh,
1: prior to oh, that. for sure. So, Including Richard yeah. Pryor. He was very different back then. Yeah, he was very much different then. Yeah, prior to Pryor. Hey, uh, that's a great email. We love it. Play Retro Show at gmail.com. Maybe you at home have some ideas about what retro means. Send them in and tell us and ask us any other questions. you have games you want to suggest? You have uh, parts of it. We're not talking just games here, by the way. That's the other thing. As, as you noticed, we went to kind of deep on some Genesis stuff. Um Sometimes it's like a whole series of things. Sometimes it's a single moment. Sometimes it's a game itself. Like, we're going to cover it all. And um, I'll give you a good idea what's happening next week. For example, this is a bit of a, uh, of a turn over the last two episodes. We're going to look at the Donkey Kong series in arcades as a topic. So Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and Donkey Kong 3. There was never a Donkey Kong 2. Technically, Jr. is the 2. Right. Um, And when those, you heard it here. When those ended and Mario started going off on his own, the world changed. But up until three, it was all about the monkey. And we're going to get into all of those. Um, I, in particular, not a lot of people even know about three. I kind of like three. Three features no Mario or at the time, Jumpman. He wasn't in it. Neither does DK Jr., but. But in three, you're going up against Donkey Kong again. And you're just... I forgot the guy's even name. We'll know it next week. But the the little dude with the spray thing, he's shooting bug spray up the butt of the monkey. It's amazing. It's an amazing game. Monkey. Yeah. It's a a fun
0: game. I remember it and I played it I actually quite
1: like it. I actually really legitimately like it as an arcade game. It's a little simple, but whatever. The point is we're going to talk about DK, DK Jr. and DK3 and just the mega impact that that line would have into the future i mean look where we are now there's nothing bigger than where mario came from nothing Mm -hmm. bigger Mm -hmm. in video games it's the most recognizable character on this planet why what weird place to start where did it go from there we're going to get into all that and uh, specifically look at those three games and look at what they did to their respective genres uh that'll be next week right here on play retro now uh, quick note about our patreon so far you guys have been awesome thank you for joining up we got plenty of cool reasons to join up bonus content every week always an ad-free experience no matter what for you patrons and uh stuff you're not gonna get anywhere else like brian's unboxing is atari fight stick it's in the thing yes. right there it's already up if you're signed up even for like as low as the buck entry point whatever it is you're you already have it you've already seen it and you're loving it and we're gonna do more of that stuff So go read about it. Check it out. Find out why it might be for you. That's at patreon.com slash play retro. We're also play retro on Twitter. And frogpants.com slash play retro is our website. Brian, is there anything else that... Oh, this music's nice. I'll turn that on. Hey, anything else you want to say or mention or do here at the end?
0: Absolutely. If you're interested in watching us play throughout the week, I do stream uh, Monday. Well, no, now Tuesday through uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, every night I stream on twitch.tv forward slash Brian Dunaway. I'm usually playing something retro. Nice. And it may be some DK. We'll have to see. Ooh. I might be wanting to play that this weekend. Donkey well.
1: Kongs. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. I also have a, uh, finally got a PS5 coming my way. So we'll see what, how, what I end up doing there. What? Yeah. Did, did you get two? Nope. Got the, uh, well, I only, the person that swung this deal only, uh, could do the one. And then I barely got that. So, uh, Luck luck played a huge part. Well, I need another person. <laughs> luck is hard, man. Luck is hard to come by. But uh it's finally happening. So anyway, uh I love it. Love the show. Love having you guys on board. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week with more Play Retro. Of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, why did I use that? I don't know what I was thinking. What was that? That's a bad idea. what that was. Lord.